everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Alias Secure AF podcast, the podcast about all things cybersecurity. I'm your host, Teddy Underkoffler. Today, I am joined with Andrew Lemon and Tanner Shin, both of them engineers here at Alias InfoSec. If y'all can just say hello so people know your voice. Hi, this is Lemon. Hey, this is Tanner. Thanks for having us. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Um, so today, we're going to talk about DEF CON. Y'all just got back from DEF CON, which is what, the world's largest hacker conference, at least the United States' largest hacker conference. Um, so I want to hear how it went. Tell me a little bit about your DEF CON experience. I'll just open it up, start wherever you want. DEF CON is like a hacker summer camp where once a year we get to meet up with uh, all of our professional friends and learn all the cool new things in hacking. For sure, yeah. yeah this year was awesome. It was. Uh, we went last year as well, which uh, was largely remote, and it was way more sparse so which was kind of cool no lines but there was a, a whole lot less going on last year than this year this year was was very packed a lot of people a lot of very cool talks you couldn't possibly see it all if you wanted to and so this year was defcon 30 so the theme was defcon homecoming people are back i imagine probably close to what like thirty thousand people attended something like that I have no idea on the actual number, but I can tell you that every time I tried to get into Red Team Village, there was a line out the door, oh. and we couldn't get in. Oh, Well, tell me about some of the villages you could get in. Uh, one of the main villages that we hung out in a lot was the Social Engineering Village. They were doing the Social Engineering CTF, which is actually like a, a real CTF where a real-life event where they target actual companies that they don't have a rules of engagement with. Apparently, it's legal and totally above board, but uh, they have a group of people that get into a soundproof booth, and they make phone calls, and they have flags like, can you tell me what VPN software you have, or what's your AV, or uh, do you guys use FedEx or UPS, and what model of laptop do you have? All of these cool things you try to elicit out, and it's a competition, and you're scored based on your points. Whoever gets the most flags wins. So tell me about what the, I guess, maybe not the winner. I don't know if you were there when they were up, but tell me about what you saw, what some of the ways people were able to get information from. Yeah, this is really curious to see how other professionals in the industry are doing it. Um, the tried and true method for most of us is we're the IT guy, which we saw time and time again being used. However, there was one group that decided to go outside the box. They found a the target this year was real estate, so they found a realtor that was basically an influencer in the real estate game, and so they pretended to be a PR and a, um, influencer firm, and they wanted to interview her and get information. And so instead of that usual pretext of like, hey, I'm IT, I'm here to help you with, they're like, yeah, hold on, sorry, I'm going to log into my system. Like, we have this stupid two-factor. Like, do you have this? Mm. She's like, oh, yeah, we have to enter a code to get text to our phone. They're like, yeah, yeah, it sucks. And like... <sighs> Sorry, I'm, I'm fighting the VPN. She's like, oh, no worries. We have VPN. Like, do you have the Cisco one? We just came from that one. They're like, oh, no, we have this one. So it was cool that they were able to just have a general conversation with her and elicit all of these responses without ever, like, raising an eyebrow. Yeah, no, that's very neat. It's it's terrifying to think about all the different things I've probably had conversations with people about, gave them information about. Um, so Social Engineering Village, super neat. What are some other villages that you guys went to? Uh, physical security, of course, that was one that we, we had to hang out in naturally. Uh, very cool people there. Uh, there were some things that I had never encountered personally. You know, being from Oklahoma, one of the things was they had a uh, some shopping carts that apparently these are all over New York and such where they have uh, locks on the wheels. 
and uh, we were able to play sounds from our phone that would unlock or lock the wheels. So, <laughs> so oh, <laughs> yeah. So that was that was pretty cool. Um, they had some handcuffs, and they taught us how to shim out of handcuffs, which I had never priorly done. Mm-hmm. So that was that was pretty fun. Um, and then all of the typical stuff. They had a they they did a really good job in their setup. They had all kinds of miniature doors set up where we could check um, we could check for uh, like the same things that we use on pen tests. So mm-hmm. like latch slipping could go under the door. They had miniature under the door tools made for little miniature doors. Oh, that's cool. It was super cute. For but. like, <laughs> are they actually applicable or is it just miniature tools for like practice setups? For practice setups. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. That is really neat. Um, I imagine that would have a ton of fun, just like really good hands-on training, especially compared to some of the others where it's more, you watch people participate. Whereas that one, you can literally get your hands on tools or hands out of handcuffs. Yeah, and we got to show some people like, oh, they were struggling with this. Like, here's how you actually latch slip. So we got to do some training. But it was cool that we got to transition those skills from the physical security village over to the lockpicking village. And I competed mm. in the, the lockpick gunfights. Tell me about that. Uh, so it starts with uh, you're handcuffed. And you have to shim or escape out of the handcuffs, however you choose. And then there's a Nerf gun locked inside of a tool bag. And you have to pick the lock open. It's a master lock on there. And I, I missed out uh, on the initial registration, and they had a buy-in. They said, oh, crap, we need someone to sub in for Evan. So I became Evan and uh, ran through a couple rounds. Um, ultimately, I got the bad set of handcuffs and uh, ended up losing. So oh, I drew the okay. short straw and got the crappy cuffs. Gotcha. Yeah, no, that sounds super neat. Um, let's see. So were there any other villages you all wanted to touch on or... God, there's so many. I know. There's I was so like, many cool ones. They're countless, right? I was like, the yeah, villages are yeah. pretty much one of the things, you know, of course there's the talks, but then followed closely by are the villages. I think I learned more from hanging out in villages and just talking to people and some of the specialized talks in the villages personally. Uh, big shout out to the adversary village. Um, I'm not really sure what the, the the differences between the red team village and adversary village other than it's put on by different people. Mm-hmm. They seem to have a lot of overlap in the topics that they're, or they're kind of going after, but they had some great talks. Um, it was a little, little, little smaller than red team village, but uh, a little easier to get into as well, but it was a uh, definitely worth going some cool people. They had some guys from Caldera out there that had some cool stuff to say. And I enjoyed that village a lot. Also had a rogues village, which a lot of people get distracted on what hacking actually is. Everyone Mm -hmm. thinks hacking is exploitation. DEF CON is a hacker conference, not a like pen tester conference. That's Mm -hmm. Black Hat. So hacking, just to reiterate, because people told me I was wrong all week, uh, is making something do something that wasn't intended. Uh, So there was a village called Rogue Village. And they were teaching things like uh, pickpocketing and just general like hackery, knacky things of uh, shuffling cards or how to cheat at cards. So not even infosec related and barely infosec adjacent. But they also had uh, how to escape out of like flex cuffs. Uh, oh, okay. I got to hang out and talk to a lot of other magicians and mm. that were also in the infosec world and got to get their perspective on a lot of things and uh, collaborate on some ideas for some future talks. So. That is really cool. Um, I know the one I always enjoyed going and looking at was the car hacking village, which I feel like they always had some cool stuff. I don't know. I assume they were there this year. They were there. I think we missed that one uh, just because of the volume of places we were trying to get to. Yeah. We did make sure to drop by the voting machine village and 
take a look at some voting machines and play around with those and see if there's been anything new evolve in the space. Unfortunately, voting technology is not getting updated, so mm-hmm. nothing new and exciting there from last year. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so then tell me a little bit else. We covered the villages pretty well. What else did you guys see and hear about at DEF CON? Well, I think networking was one of the most important things, and that's kind of the reason why they send us is to network and talk to people. Uh, something I've been struggling with recently is some exploit dev, and I mentioned uh, that I couldn't build a ROP chain, that I was having issues finding the entry points, and we had a guy from Norway, Sweden, a Nordic country go, oh, do you want to see how it's done? And he brought his laptop to a pool party, and he <laughs> gave us an impromptu uh, complete demo start to finish on building a ROP chain in Python. Okay. So that's just kind of the, the cool people that you run into. Yeah. Yeah, I gosh, I bet you see all sorts of different people. And I imagine, I mean, you're going to meet people who have specialties that I've probably never even heard of. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the crazy things about DEF CON is you, you often talk to people who will make you feel dumb. Like you talk to people who like, they say something and it's so deep and you're like, oh my God, this guy, he's, he's absolutely a genius. I can't even imagine. And a lot of times they are geniuses but um you know you, you talk to them about something that you're more specialized in and they they're, they're just really really deep in an area and there's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that by any means it's just uh it's interesting be, coming from we're more generalists mm-hmm. um and talk going to someone who's a super super specialist super heavy in one area mm-hmm. it's always interesting to to just find out like how deep some of the rabbit holes can go say like hardware hacking and and some of the other stuff, you know, uh, exploit dev, like he mentioned, that guy was absolutely brilliant. And it was just because that's what he does, exploit dev. Plenty mm. of brain-breaking activities. <laughs> I believe it. Jeez. Uh, the other cool thing was uh, SkyTalk. So something we try to tell the other engineers going into it is you can go to a talk if there's something that really interests you and you want to see it right away. For the most part, they're all going to be published online. Like you really need to focus on interacting with other humans in the village because that's where the meat is. Like those are people where people are going to tell you things off the record that are more exciting. And then on off the record being the subject, there are the sky talks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so sky talks are not recorded um, just so that you can be more transparent and talk about bigger problems. There was a gentleman that used to work for um, some power organizations and some companies that do power security. And he was talking about hacking the electrical grid. And this is how I would do it. This is an explanation. And he was even able to explain it like the threat actor level, like these are what threat actors are doing. Whereas in a lot of not industrial control systems, we see people firing exploits everywhere. What you see with uh, water, power, energy is a lot of recon, a lot of actual like initial exploitation to get a foothold and then just sitting there. And he was talking about how they would find, I I can't remember the exact term for it, but it's basically shared space Mm -hmm. where they would get into an organization on a pen test and they would find that there were three or four other threat actors operating within them, like in shared space with them. Oh my goodness. So people would just get into your network and just hang out until... Yeah, he said not naming any names, but... um, like North Korea or China or Russia. He said that they're, everyone is doing the campaigns where they're trying to get into critical national infrastructure. Mm-hmm. That way they can set up these kill switches. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Keep in mind, right. It's also not just like business. This is right. Like, this is government. This is what powers the businesses. <laughs> yeah. Everything else yeah. behind it. Critical infrastructure. Wow. He gave us a, a cool uh, proof of concept attack that was basically changing the Hertz frequency 
to get a station out of phase and how that would have a cascading effect that it could actually shut down the majority of power in between distribution areas. So like from Florida all the way up the East Coast, West Coast into Oklahoma, um, like basically the Rockies is a defining area of if it happened in Florida, the Rockies is where it would stop. That's terrifying. That is terrifying. And so all of this is discussed at Sky Talks where there's no recording allowed. Absolutely. I saw them uh, rip a phone out of a few people's hands. Oh. Uh, yeah. You want to see a goon move fast, bring out a phone in Sky Talks. And they had people carrying around a hammer. I'm not sure if they'd actually um, smash a phone, but I did see another person actually bring their phone out. And the organizer got up on the stage and, like, flagged the guy. And he's like, no, just get out. Like, don't put it away. Just get out. So. Oh, just actually kicked him out. Yeah. There was a lot more yelling and profanity than what he said, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So they're very serious about um, keeping those private and then making sure that they created a forum where people could share these things without fear of repercussions from organizations as well as uh, their employers. Yeah, no, I really appreciate what they did because I imagine, I mean, I imagine if something at critical as that, you'd be able to get good feedback if you were stumped on anything um, from other attendees at DEF CON without, like you said, repercussions or judgment or anything like that. Absolutely. Uh, we did see some uh, issues with uh, executives or people from uh, engineers from other organizations like tractor manufacturers that attended people's talks about them getting hacked. Uh, do you want to talk more about that? Yeah, yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, we can we can name drop on that because uh, I think they're everybody's pretty much on the. On the I think same, I've seen it public. Opinion. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's pretty pretty well known at this point. So essentially, a guy figured out how to jailbreak a lot of John Deere equipment, um, and then got into it and realized that everything is running on super old Windows CE, just ancient Linux stuff. Stuff that's, I mean, like what fifteen years out of date at this point. I mean, just oh, wow. horribly old. Mm-hmm. So it's it's like, yeah, cool. This is what manages your uh, food supply for your nation and also large chunks of the world. And you didn't bother to update Windows in 20 years. And I imagine with it being that out of date, it's just that much easier to get access to. Yeah, just that much more vulnerable. I mean, if they've got LTE modems on them, mm-hmm. if for whatever reason they get exposed or uh, we see a series of supply chain attacks where uh, someone compromises John Deere, then it's likely that we'll see a bunch of tractors get shut down too with a firmware push or wow. something crazy. Yeah, that's the biggest concern. Yeah. I've never really thought about it, but yeah, it does make perfect sense. Um, are there a lot of instances similar to that where a large vulnerability is discussed at DEF CON and then you'll go and see that business recognize the vulnerability and go and fix it? Does that Has that been known to happen before? Usually we get uh, responsible disclosure. So uh, the person will submit it ahead of DEF CON, uh, 90 days to start a kind of a rolling timer with the, the organization. They'll work to kind of get things patched, show them what they find, test, validate, retest, try again. And that's usually how like Microsoft or some of the bigger organizations do it. Uh, and most attackers or most hackers are very good at responsible disclosure. So we see that the only time where you see something getting released that it's going to be a zero day is when they've tried and tried and tried to get with the manufacturer mm-hmm. and they just haven't got any feedback. It's kind of a, if you aren't going to take in your hands to fix this, I'm going to release it. So you have to kind of thing. Yeah. I believe that happened with the Bluetooth vulnerability this year also. 
there was a, uh, a vulnerability for anybody who's familiar, uh, mouse jacking, essentially hijacking a wireless mouse or keyboard and injecting keystrokes into it. So if anybody who has a 2.4 gigahertz uh, mouse or keyboard out there, mm-hmm. uh, you might check on that. But essentially, uh, somebody found a Windows vulnerability that allowed you to do the same with Bluetooth, oh, which wow. was up until then, oftentimes the fix, oh, you have this vulnerability, use Bluetooth. It requires some level of authentication and you'll be good. So now all the Bluetooth stuff. Mm-hmm. Is also going to be, and that's one of those vulnerabilities that uh, we don't know if it's going to get patched from a box site or not. It might have to be replace your peripherals, like yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's hmm. there's sometimes some zero days that get dropped. Yeah. So what are some other things at DefCon that you guys saw and wanted to talk about today? A lot of good parties, a lot of good good meetups. Um, that's one yeah. of the things is there's the official parties mm-hmm. and there's you know there are ones that are aligned with DefCon and those are very good to to check out. But um, if you don't go to those and also do some networking there to figure out where everybody's going next, what's going on? Is there some sweet party somewhere? Is there a you know a barbecue somewhere? Is there is everybody going to a restaurant? Like there's oftentimes that's where you get the really closer kind of one-on-one small group discussions where you really mm-hmm. get to like learning cool stuff and meeting cool people is from just those smaller events. So yeah. that would be my, my biggest piece of advice for anybody who's trying to go or has going to go for their first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, just stay up late, go to these, go to these events and, you know, eventually you'll start talking to some cool people and don't be afraid to buy somebody a drink and just chat them up. Do you have any suggestions on people on how they could stay in touch with the people they meet at DEF CON? So it also depends on who you're going to, who you're going to talk to. Like I have, uh, I have some friends from the last couple of DEF CONs who I don't know their real name. I have a handle and we talk on discord. Uh-huh. Right. So I, I also have probably far more people who I, you know, I meet up and, you know, I give them a card and we talk on LinkedIn or some people who are even more paranoid than that. They only want to discuss things over signal. So like you kind of just, there's a, there's a varying degree of stuff, but, but yeah, Discord's really common. Mm-hmm. Um, LinkedIn's really common. Very cool. And now I know with a lot of the parties, I'm pretty sure I've seen before where DEF CON is, and they say this strictly a hacker conference. They're not an infosec conference. Mm-hmm. So none of the, are any of the parties sponsored, I guess? I mean, Obviously, it's not Black Hat where there's going to be a ton of different sponsors and various companies throwing parties. Do you tend to see that at DEF CON or is it more organizations like villages or different nonprofit groups or those folks who are actually putting on the parties? Kind of a loose conglomeration of friends. So Mm -hmm. there's an unofficial group like PepperCon. Um, They're the guys that make super hot pepper for everyone to try. And if you... uh, Complete the PepperCon challenge, you get a challenge coin and uh, some stickers. Okay. Um, so those guys always throw a party. I think this is the second year we've ended up hanging out with those guys. And while they're all InfoSec guys, they're also nerds about making spicier pepper each year. I like it. Uh, yeah. So no, like, official there. Um, ended up talking to some people that were doing, like, Hacker Runway. So they were fashion designers. Um, There's a lady there that had made uh, interesting clothing that would allow you to hide tools a little better. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. She's like, oh, give me, like, here's my email. And, like, you need to hide an underdoor tool, like, in a pair of pants? She's like, I got you. Mm -hmm. So uh, one interesting idea was pen test clothes, uh, where it was, like, um, quick change clothing that you could uh, 
pretend to be the UPS man and then tear off and be an executive. <laughs> um, there's another profession that already uses that kind of clothing though. So I don't believe that they had reinvented the wheel mm-hmm. um, and they weren't very happy when we pointed that out, but still funny to think that you have quick change pen test clothes. Yeah, that is interesting. Um, well, no. So it sounds like you guys learned a lot and primarily got to meet a lot of interesting people and have a lot of interesting discussions. Um, one of the big reasons Alias sends our security team is so that way you guys can stay ahead of the threats and better protect our clients and businesses by knowing what is up and coming. Um, so what would you guys say after spending how many days at DEF CON was probably the biggest, most talked about threat chain or different attack vector or topic in general? There was the the zero day stuff that drops out, but for the most part, it was a lot of tooling. We spent a lot of time in the demo labs mm-hmm. um, and seeing what other people are doing to sharpen their skills. So, like working in a C two environment where we're using command and control and actually red teaming, uh, there was a lot of releases around the newer versions of Empire C two. So that was uh, awesome. That's when we're taking away from that. There was another tool, uh, Bad Rats. Yeah. yeah. You want to talk about bad rats? Uh, sure. Yeah, it's pretty much just a. Uh, it's a. Uh, it's called bad rat because it's not a good rat. It's. It's. He, <laughs> he was like, I suck at coding these. I'm just gonna. It's gonna be bad, and we're gonna deal with it. But it's. Uh, it's very small, lightweight. It doesn't have a huge tool set baked into it, so it's all built around being really easy to evade stuff with it. Okay. Um, and then the primary function of it is it has some limited functions of stuff that you might want to do, run Rubyus or something like that. But the primary thing is unhooking AV or bypassing AMZ or whatever you need to do with that. That way you can get a better C2 onto it. Mm-hmm. So it's just meant to be like your initial exploitation to where you can get, you know, a foothold and you can kill all your antiviruses, things that are going to kill your Cobalt Strike Beacon or your Empire or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then from there you can keep going. Yeah. So. Demo labs were a godsend for us because it was seeing how other people operate. Most of the time we are pulling our TTPs from ransomware groups and ransomware actors. So to see how the red teams function and seeing some of the keyboard shortcuts they use and some tooling, I learned a lot of new tricks um, that might be old tricks, but they're new to me. And mm-hmm. then just cool new tools and uh, cool new things to even make our auditing and other things better. Love to hear it. Awesome. Well, is there anything else about DEF CON I didn't ask that you guys wanted to talk about today? Uh, there was the great flood of DEF CON. Oh, that was fantastic. <laughs> uh, I just want to take my opportunity here to commend the guy that rode an alligator raft or sea turtle raft uh-huh. down a flood in a parking garage. Mm. One, because who knows what's in Vegas water, but two, mm. where on earth was it going? Um he literally had no concern for where he was going to end up, but the water is moving very fast. He was just along for the ride. Yeah. Awesome. He just had a good time. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you guys so much for joining me on the episode today. Thank you. Thank you for having us. 